Beards for Radio. Welcome back to another episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. I am Joe. And as always, I'm Sasha. And uh, we're just going just going to go all in on NBA today because we're fresh off the draft. Happened just the other day. Uh, big news in the trading world that can affect free agency in the Western Conference. And, uh, of course, uh, the finals wrapped up. The Raptors took the Warriors in six games. And, uh, Sasha, I'll just let you have your pick of whatever you want to start with, man. Let's start off with the finals, man, because, you know, I, I think we have a lot to say about, you know, the, uh, the trades and the, the draft and free agency. I feel like that's all balled into one. So let's start off with, the, um, you know, the Toronto Raptors. You know, first team to uh, win a championship without lottery players on the the squad. Uh, First team to win a championship outside of, you know, the U.S., which they're pretty much the only contenders to do it. Yeah. Anybody is going to win it. So it's kind of like, you know, a default, a default record, if you will, you know. But wow, what, what, what a, what a finals, man. You know, I expected, you know, the Warriors to put up a, little better of a fight um it sucks that kd couldn't play um i think it was stupid for him to come in it just showed that he had uh, you know a lot of you know pride for his other uh his fellow teammates he might have come in there and you know win with them and yeah. you know even even though it might have you know cost him a year 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 and a half playing you know because that's something you can't come back from and <laughs> You know, I think, if anybody, I think it's at least half a year now. Right, at, at least. And if anybody, and if you know, I, I know you saw it. I saw it. You know, the slow motion of his, uh, his calf. You know, just rupturing, dude. It yeah. did not look good. So you know, prayers out to him. Uh, but when Clay knew it was, he was definitely over. And and it sucked yeah. for that game. Clay was on fire. He was hitting everything, dude. So game six, I, Clay. Right. You know, game six play right now. I, if I honestly think if uh, Clay doesn't go down, you know, it, it goes to game seven, and you know, it, it, it could have been a different outcome. Maybe not. You know, there's no stopping the claw, no stopping Kawhi. He was doing, you know, his thing. He was having, you know, an NBA Finals for you know the ages. And um, it couldn't happen to me. Couldn't happen to more humble person. And you yeah. know, I just like, I just like to see you know the business aspect from it. From you know him. Him telling Nick Nurse, like, I'm not going to listen to your G League story. To, you know, not, <laughs> right. not, not fist uh, bumping. I forget who it was. And someone tried to fist bump him um, in the tub to go out. And he was just, you know, you know like, oh, dude, why did you do that? You know, when you're at that stage and you're that much in the zone, you know, F a fist bump. You know what I'm saying? Right. Care about a fist bump, I, you know. I'm worried about what's going on uh, ahead, and I love that he's just so used business, business, business until the time the clock hit uh, triple zeros. And uh, Mr. Fun Man came out, dude, and he's been cracking me up. Board man gets paid stories, you know, his little yelp on the court, telling you know what are you gonna do now? Oh, I'm gonna drink a lot of alcohol, eat a lot of dessert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, he, he mocking his own laugh uh, at the at the parade. It's like, how can you not love this guy? How can you not love where NBA is going? And it, it, once we get into the draft, you know, you're gonna love the way the NBA is uh, the way the NBA is headed with with all these stand up dudes. Um, yeah. Lowry, I love seeing Lowry out there with his children. 
Um, I think it's really big for these kids. And, you know, hopefully that put a fire in his little kids' bellies if they want to play a sport. Um, to see dad go up there and be, a, you know, a perennial champion in the NBA, which is hard to do. You know, so um, I'm very happy for them. Um, like I said, I picked Warriors in six, but I'm Fair not going to – I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, because Clay went down, oh, because, because, you know what? Those guys didn't have but one all star really on their team. Those right. guys didn't have a, a single lottery pick from those guys getting drafted. Van Fleet stepped up, put his, rose his stock up, Siakam, you know, and, rose his stock up. I hope, I hope our French dude that we drafted ends up like a Siakam. Ibaka played his, played out of his mind you know what i'm saying you know i i think i think Kawhi really inspired these dudes to step their game up as well and you know the outcome was a championship for um the toronto raptors and i got some thoughts on the series i'm going to start off with uh my thoughts on the warriors because um look i don't think it's the end of the dynasty just yet you know we keep saying that about the patriots whenever they're like three and two in september you know um, look, I think it's almost like fortuitous for Steph Curry and Draymond that they had those injuries because they can say like the, the series was lost because we didn't have KD. We didn't have clay. We didn't have Kevon Looney. Look, I just, I think Steph Curry had a lot of opportunities to come up big, you know, clutch and earn a finals MVP. And he did not show up in those moments. You know, he had a he had nearly 50 in game three, but that was the most lopsided game of the series. Um, Draymond, he had a lot of really good moments in the series and in the playoffs overall. He put up a lot of meaningful triple doubles. He he actually showed up clutch a lot, but his turnovers and his lack of being an offensive threat cost them a lot. I saw three or four passes over the course of the series where he gets the rebound, tries to throw a touchdown pass, you know, cross the court for transition points. It got picked off every time. It looked like Denard Robinson throwing it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he, he hit some shots. I don't have his, his series numbers right in front of me, but he wasn't enough of an offensive threat. Like they, they were not giving him respect beyond the three-point line. And sometimes he made them pay and he sunk a couple three-pointers. But there were just so many so many instances where he w- there was no one in the zip code of him and he's beyond the three-point line. He doesn't even attempt a shot to try to make them pay. Like, as long as you're shooting it, it doesn't matter how, how close you are to making it, they're going to guard you. But especially with, with Steph Curry being really the only offensive threat on the court, Dre really needed to play a lot better on the offensive side. He was very good defensively aside from game one. You know, he showed great court vision. He rebounded well. He does all the stuff that Draymond Green does well. But when Klay Thompson is missing game three and most of game two and last half of game uh, six and KD only plays 10 minutes in the series, that's when you do need Draymond to, to be an offensive threat. I've always defended him not being an offensive threat because you have Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, and, you know, for one, for a couple of years, Nick Young. But when those options aren't there and it's just Steph, you know, you, you got to provide some help for him. Um, you know, there were games that were close uh, game one and game six, the two games that, you know, clo- open and close the series. 
where a couple turnovers, a couple shot attempts here and there uh, could swing the game. So, and again, yeah, Steph Curry. Uh, I love Steph Curry to death. He's one of my favorite players. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, but he's had a lot of opportunities to come up in the clutch, and he just hasn't. Oh, yeah, I agree. You know, he, we, we we know Steph as one of the probably the, if not as one of the best shooters, if not the best shooters in NBA history, you know. Absolutely. But, like, when it comes to clutch time, he's not that guy to put it on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have that. I feel like he does have the killer instinct, but he just can't go about it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, it's like, like – Go ahead. He, he's rolling when stuff is good. When it's good, it's great. Right? When it's right. when it's rolling, he is – he's the cherry on top. But when it's not, like, he really struggles to get it going. Aside from game three where he was really the only warrior going. Yeah, and, like, and you're right. And like, when he's rolling, Steph's at his best when, you know, he lets the game come to him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm yeah. not with you on that. You know, but when it has to be on his shoulders, like, you know, you, you got your starting five, you know, and, and, and Boogie, Clay, you know, KD, Draymond, and Curry. You know, when you have, you know, your, 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 your three of your top guys go down and it's just on Curry and Draymond, I feel like Curry tries to put – too much on his back and he can't handle that. That's not what he's really built for. You know, he doesn't have mm-hmm. that Kawhi take it over. He doesn't have that LeBron, that Kobe, Kobe, you know, I feel like right. he might have that mentality, but he just can't like it's it's harder to do with like his body type. You know, Kawhi right. and LeBron, they're like football player size. You know, Steph, he's he's a point guard in all sense of the word. Right, he's like eh, 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 they give him six three in the N- N- NBA. To be honest with you, I think he's probably closer to six two. They that's, probably give yeah, you the, that's the NBA inch, you know, the generous inch. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think he could have took over. I just think if if Clay could have been in there, he probably would have been a little more composed and, yeah. and feel like I, he can rely on uh, Clay as much. But he, I don't think he could rely on Quinn Cook, you know, to be his other shooter because off the who do they else they have to shoot besides Quinn? You know, so yeah, man. I think I think the Raptors were just too long, too athletic, and and they were just healthier. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, and you know, you know what move by the Raptors goes overlooked is the trade they made. You know, obviously the trade for Kawhi gets all the talk, as it should. Uh, that's the Gasol. yeah, the Gasol trade was what I was gonna bring up because right. in the middle of the season, like. Well, that's when you're really kind of building a team on the fly and you're making these deadline decisions. And, you know, the decision to make that move for Marcus All, who is a very proven veteran, he's one of the all-stars. Um, I, I think that was one of the biggest differences for them, not just in the finals, but throughout the, the whole playoffs, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Boogie Cousins, like, Boogie Cousins out, you know, there's no, like – uh, once he goes out, there's no big man threat. Right. And Kevon Looney, too. Yeah, Kevon Looney's – and, you know, Kevon Looney's going to be that guy. He's going to get you them garbage points. He's going to get you those rebounds. He's going he's gonna to be that hustle dude. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to be able to take it in and out like Gasol can do. Even Gasol's, mm-hmm. you know, three-point shots, you know, hey, he can shoot. For being a big dude, he can shoot. You know what I'm saying? He has a green light to shoot when he's wide open. He's going to take that shot probably 90% of the damn time. 
So you know that you know, that was a big help for them, dude. And then Ibaka, Ibaka was on. Ibaka was uh, played, played great, dude. Ibaka played very, very uh, uh, good minutes, and he he contributed a lot, dude. And he was out there. So yeah, man, the Raptors surprised the crap out of me, dude. You know, right. I'm not, not not saying that we knew what Kawhi was. We just really didn't know what these other guys were about. Fred Van Fleet coming out. I mean, there was times where they didn't even play. They didn't even need to play Powell. You know right. what I'm saying? And Powell was their shooter. So, you know, they all contributed. They all came together. And, you know, can the Raptors do this next year? That's if Kawhi stays or not. You know what I'm right. saying? So we'll, we'll see what Kawhi does. It's a lot like what we were doing this time last year, seeing what happens with Kawhi Leonard, seeing what happens with LeBron. Um, but, yeah, one of my favorite things was, um, you know, while Kawhi is taking over the playoffs as a whole, and, you know, really showing out in crunch time. You know, he's the – well, he was the youngest uh, player to ever win NBA uh, Finals MVP back in 2014. I believe he was 22. And now he's the first player to ever win uh, Finals MVP, both both in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. So, he's a, obviously, he's, he's a special player. And I'm all for all the stories coming out about – his catchphrases, not only in college, but in San Antonio. Uh, the one that's really stuck is bored man gets paid. I love that. That's one of my favorite. Just his trash talk, you know, just his way about him. Like his, his college teammates saying, like, he wouldn't say, I'm going to score on you and it's going to be all, you know. He was like, bucket, layup, or just layup, or just bucket, you know, or bored man, bored man gets paid, you know. Right. We're, or, or- we're, <laughs> or the beard men. The beard men get paid. Right, right. Or he'd just be like, no. No, yeah. That's he'd be like, no. You know, right like... to the point. That's the best trash talk ever. Like, on defense, you know, just no. That's amazing. Just everything that comes out about Kawhi, it's like, how can you not like this gentleman? <laughs> he is just – and, and, and then it goes back to me thinking, like, was San Antonio at fault the way they handled him? You know what I'm saying? He's telling them, I'm not ready to play. I don't feel like I'm ready to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then he comes over, he comes over to Toronto to say, take your time. Right. We'll be ready for you. When you're ready, we're ready for you, brother. And I think that speaks volumes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I personally feel like ever since you know, what happened with, with, with Kawhi this year and, and Toronto winning it, I honestly think I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of more on Kawhi's side with the whole, you know, Spurs debacle with him, you know, because I, I, I think the best person who knows if they're healthy enough to play isn't the, isn't the team doctors because they're going to be a little biased. They're getting paid by the team. Exactly. You know, so it's going to be the player. You know, if he – it's not like – Kawhi is like has this track record of just saying, "Hey, I want to sit down at the end of the bench and sip wine like LeBron." You know what I'm saying? Rest right. my body. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't have that track record, so it's like I don't understand like what happened, and and we'll never know what happened because it's always going to be some kind of side of story. We'll never know what the story is. We're just going to get you know the left and the rights, you know. But I honestly do think the Spurs really, <laughs> really messed up by not listening to, you know, a young player that's going to be a Hall of Famer that's already a star, and he has at least 10 more years in him. At hopefully. Least. Right. So, yeah, hopefully. So, yeah, man, um, I love Kawhi. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Toronto. I'm happy for the, 
for the, uh, the country of Canada. They had six dudes come out of um, uh, out, out of the draft last night. I think you know, you know, the Raptors being there, the, the Grizzlies being there, the Vancouver Grizzlies being there earlier back in the day. You know, yeah. Back in the day, I think that really brought attention to these Canadian players, and they're like, you know. Maybe we can do it too. Like I was telling you last night, that basketball without borders, you know, is is huge of bringing this, these talents to, you know, the NBA. And um, you know, you, you see them mix with these American players, man, and it's just it's just an exciting game that we're seeing in that in basketball nowadays. Um, I just think it's it, you know, sky's the limit for the NBA. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So. A lot of people thinking that Kawhi is going to L.A. Big news out of L.A. Uh, right, right after the, the finals ended, um, you know, we talked to it. It was like a foregone conclusion was going to happen, and uh, the trigger was pulled. Lakers send Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, uh, Josh Hart, uh, the number four pick overall in this year's draft, and then what was it, two or three future first round drafts? Yeah, three future first round picks for Anthony Davis, the Unibrow. Unibrow. Um, that's that's such a big risk, and you know they kept Kuzma, which is good for them because I think Kuzma's the best young one of that bunch. But damn, like they don't got a lot to work with uh, in regards to the rest of their roster. No, yeah, I agree. And then and then, I, then I'm reading this article about how they messed up on the. On the um, on the trade, and they had to get it back on the horn with the Pelicans because something about cap space. Yeah, now they're limited on cap space. So, what are they gonna do with their uh, with their with their backcourt? You know, what I'm saying they have the solid frontcourt. They got all these big dudes. You know, where are their guards? Who's who's gonna be their guards? You yeah, know, you know, like I don't, I don't really see. You know, everyone's old. The Lakers are. You know, now they're gonna be unanimous you know, pick to win the championship next year. It's like, I don't really see that, to be honest with you. I see the NBA going the way of how Chauncey said it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he kind of threw a little jab in there uh, with the draft uh, uh, and and how, you know, the Raptors won it with, you know, with – No no lottery the, picks. With the lottery picks, not the super team kind of alluding to the fact how him and the Golden to work Pistons, you know, put it to the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I honestly think the NBA is switching that way. There's so much talent in the NBA. There's so much talent around the world. The NBA is starting to be international. Basketball is starting to be one of the biggest international sports still behind soccer. I don't think you'll ever beat soccer out in the, in the yeah. international sport good deal. But basketball is right behind there, you know what I'm saying? And I think that giving away the, the four four uh, uh, young talents and three future young talents for AD, I don't I don't think is a good trade. I wouldn't have pulled that trigger. You no, know what I'm but, look, but all signs pointed towards Anthony Davis signing with the Lakers next summer, and I get it. LeBron only has so many years left where he's playing at or near LeBron level. But you could have – they had the number four pick. You know, most years the number four pick comes in and is a starter. You know, this year um, it was DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia. A lot of people see Kawhi Leonard-like abilities and, um, you know, mannerisms in him. Really, if 
you know, so I would I wouldn't have pulled the trigger. No. Yeah, dude, I'm 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 with you. I just don't th- LeBron's getting older, and you know it's the LA Lakers, not the LA LeBrons. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, and, 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 and I agree with all these Lakers fans who were like, take down his mural. You know, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't he hasn't given us nothing yet. You know what I'm saying he isn't the king of LA yet. I'm saying, will he ever be the king of LA? I think Lonzo. I think I think Levar Ball put the put, put a curse on the LA Lakers, man. <laughs> and um, you know, I may not disagree with how he talked to Molly Queer, uh, Kiram, you know, because you know Jalen's my dog, dude. But but I think he put a little curse on him. And I think he's right, dude. I don't think I don't think LeBron's gonna see another championship, dude. And you know that that all depends on what they do with their. Know with their backcourt because I just don't see it. I right. don't. I don't see it. But you know they can make moves. There's there's uh, over thirty five uh, free agents out there. You know fifteen of them are gonna be impact players coming right away and start. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's, it's, it's gonna be crazy too. Yeah, it's like you know. Okay, great. You got LeBron. You got Davis, and you got Kuzma. Now what? You know, having three really good players doesn't make you uh, the king of the West now. Because I think the, the Trailblazers got better last night when they drafted um, uh, Nasir Little. Nasir Little, thank you. Uh, cool. Denver got better because they're bringing back a lot of, I think most of, if not all of, their young core that was a game away from going to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is – uh, still on the mend. He can play maybe next year. They got Bull Bull last night, who yep. future, like, you know, you work him out with Jokic, you know, get get some bulk on him, give him a, a year to recover and learn in the G League. Like, Denver's gotten better, and I don't think they're going away. And Portland got better. And the Pelicans, I would rather be the Pelicans now than the Lakers, if I'm being honest. Hey, Joe? Agree with you 110%. If anybody in the draft came out smelling sweeter than roses, baby, to me it was the Pelicans. Right. And you know what? The the Grizzlies added John Morant and um, – shoot, I'm drawing a blank on names right now. Guy right at the end. Grizzlies got – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. John Morant, Brandon Clark, the guy I really Brandon loved out of Zags. Yep, they got Brandon Clark. Can't believe I drew a blank on his name. I was talking about him all all last night with you. Yeah. Right. So you know, the West. Uh, it's not. And you know what? I'm. I'm again. I'm not subscribing to the Warriors being done with because they'll still have Draymond. They'll still have Steph. They might have a half season of Clay and or KD. Uh, maybe they bring back Boogie and he gets a full year with them. And Kevon Looney, like, and you know they drafted Jordan Poole. Uh, you know that's that's a I I like that pickup. I would have gone with Carson Edwards at that point, me personally. But Poole is more of a shooting guard, whereas Edwards kind of does like the combo with the points. So I I think that was a good pickup for the Warriors. But yeah, the West is not wide open. It's not LeBron's for the taking like the East was every year. Yeah, no, and I think I think you're absolutely right, man. I think this AD trade really sets a precedence about how everyone else is going to trade because I, you know, everyone's making hype hype 
about it. I don't, I don't think it's all that great of a trade, to be honest with you. I really don't. The the way AD handled himself at the end of the uh, uh, at the end of this uh, year with the that's all folks shirt and mm-hmm. it's like you don't do that. You don't you don't act smug as hell like that. You don't have the right to to act smug like that. And you know I, I understand this is you know your profession. You go, but you wouldn't be shit if people didn't put their butts in those seats. You that's give right. me. You wouldn't be shit if those people didn't buy your merch. So you know. Uh, they've been buying your merch ever since you got into this. When when you, when you get in the league, 2013, 12? Yeah, 12, yeah, 13 was his first year. So he's been in the league five, five, six years. You got these people spending their hard-earned money to come see you, to come buy your merchandise, and that's how you get a replay payment at the end of the day. I don't like players like that. Anthony Davis dropped a lot in my in my book of you know being a you know a stand a standout stud you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying because when you first came you taught you taught a kid taught taught he he was humble you know well educated well spoken you know young man and now you just kind of see their true colors after you know they, they get a couple hundred million a couple ten million dollars in their pockets you see, you see how they act about you know everything and you know what i just don't see it i don't see the ship writing itself just going to LA and playing with, you know, Hall of Fame LeBron, so. Yeah, and, you know, it can be difficult to win when your two best players are very similar positions. Like, I believe they're the three and four, can be the four and five. Um, We have, like, the, we have the discount version of that here in Detroit, and we're not doing shit with Blake and Andre because they play very similar positions. It's hard to space the floor like that. Yeah, most definitely. So, I mean, it, it's 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 one it's one hell of a way to look at it. You know, I'm yeah. saying that say that you know, um, you know, AD and Drummond are similar game styles. So they're totally not Drummond, right? Like I no, said, it's discount, right? It's discount. Those most definitely. I love I love those choice of words. Yeah, we're, yeah like like how we're are they brand? We're my right, brand, right? And how are they gonna be able to space the floor like they do? And I feel like LeBron is getting older to the point where he's going to need to, you know, you know, not be running the point or not be the one that where everything goes, everything, everything facilitates goes through him. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you're going to have to, you're going to have to dumb down and be a power forward guy. You know, you're going to lose. And I understand he spends a million dollars on his body a year, but the fact is we all get older and he's going to slow down and we saw it. Past two years, he gassed out at the end of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Gassed out at the end of the season. It's gonna happen. It, it, it's just, it's just, it's just our human nature, man. Our bodies break down. I just, I just don't think if, if they would stay the way they stay, and they don't really get anybody to come into the backcourt shooting, shooting wise, they're gonna have a long season, dude. But yeah, that's just the way I look at it. And that's yeah, that's a fair point. And again, also in the West, uh, the Jazz traded for Mike Conley. Uh, I forgot to mention that earlier. But yeah, that was that was a knock on the Lakers last year when they brought LeBron in. It's like okay, that's nice. You don't have a lot of people who can shoot it from beyond the arc and space the floor, and that's basically the same concern now. Only you have less players that are limited like that, and you just have less players overall. I feel like. See, that's where trading the draft picks really hurt them. Say that they hunkered down 
and uh, they try to make this deal at a later time, or they just wait for Anthony Davis to sign next year. There are so many good shooters and scorers available after the fourth pick. Uh, Garland from Vanderbilt, who uh, our boy Beeline picked up. Kobe White would have been a nice addition to that lineup. Uh, Tyler Hero, Kentucky. I wouldn't have taken him at four, but again, he's, he, would, he would have been a good fit shooting-wise and spacing-wise for that roster lineup. Um, Tyler yes. Hero, the best drip here, baby. <laughs> His suit was dope, though. That was... Was. I got to give it to him. It was. That, was, that was great. But he, no, he, he made, he made a, a curtain into a suit and made it look good. That was, that was pretty dope. <laughs> But yeah, so um, yeah, I think that direct, you know, we can just switch gears here and go right into the, you know, into the draft. Is that let's do it? You know, I for one, man, when Zion came, dude, I was balling with him, dude. I think that kid is one of the most genuine, humblest kids I've seen get drafted. You know, to the point where he was nervous. Everybody knew Zion was going to go to one. And he's yeah. like, I was raised, I was raised to not, you know, not really, you know, put it all on the line until I know for sure, you know, it's, it's, it's a go. It's a for sure. And he's, I mean, you heard your name, my heart skipped the beat, you know, you went on stage and then, you know, him and the next four or five kids, like all showed emotion, man. And the best thing I liked about it, dude, is that every kid that was there had a solid parental unit. And I don't want to go like political, but there was a mom and there's a dad present. If there wasn't a dad present or a mom present, it was because mm-hmm. their parent had passed, you know, yeah. you know, uh, with, uh, with, uh, you know, with Cody, Cody White, with, um, what's that guy's, I can't think of his name, Matthias Seibel, is that his name? You know, with what happened to his mother losing cancer, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, Matisse Thibault, Washington kid. You yeah, know, all so, these kids, all these kids, touched my heart, dude. And um, I just love where the NBA is headed. I love that my kids are going to be, let's say, influenced by kids like this because they're all good kids. I didn't see like one like, oh, that that kid seems like a punk. You know what I'm saying? Or or that kid seems like he's going to be an a hole in the league. Like all these kids were genuinely humble, good kids. You can tell that they're raised right. They're raised by good parents, man. This, to me, is probably one of the best NBA drafts I've seen since I've been watching NBA drafts, dude. Like, I think this is one of the best NBA drafts I've seen since the uh, the Mellow and LeBron draft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I I did, and and, and Tarko, <laughs> I, just love, I just love where the NBA is going. I like. I feel like the, the whole draft was full of studs. I think um, they, they're all good kids. I think a lot of them are ready to come in and play off rip. Um, there was there was uh, some drafts uh, picks that kind of like were very to me were very interesting. I think the um, the Baisley draft. Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking about with this kid. Uh, uh, I can't think of his uh, name. Baisley. He he foregone going to uh, college, college, and he went right to the G League. I believe he is a um, uh, uh, rich. Uh, his uh, agents, uh, Paul. Rich, is that his rich name? Paul. Rich Paul. 
I believe the age is Rich Paul, and he got him to get into the G League, skip going to Syracuse. He was like 10th come out. Skipped yeah. him to Syracuse and got him a million-dollar endorsement with New Balance. Who, by the way, New Balance is going is, – is, his stock is rising with, with them having Kawhi on their side. They're on the upswing now, yeah. Right, most definitely. And then, then you got this one kid, you know, Baisley, that comes out of – you know, I'm like, who the – you know, because, like, you, you see these – you know, foreign players get played, and it'll show like, like they had that dude, uh, Marcos uh, Silva from Brazil. It's like come from Brazil, and I see from the United States. I'm like, what's going on? Darius Beasley, Princeton yeah. High School. You know, you know, didn't go, didn't go into Syracuse. Went into the league, went to the G League. Rich Paul got him on a million dollar endorsement right out of high school to be an intern for New Balance. Like, my only concern is, is like, who? Who was he working out with? Was he working out with like NBA dudes, like NBA, um, you know, trainers, which I'm sure he was. And then he was playing in the G League. So I feel like a lot of young kids coming out of high school are going to opt for the same, you know, choice that Baisley uh, made. And, and to me, is it going to kill college sports? And these kids are going to be like, no, nah, I don't need to be a one and done. I can just skip my one and done season. You know, I actually think that might help college sports because. Okay who are really the best players in college sports? It's the players that develop over two, three, four years, right? right? You know, like the one and dones are nice, but we know that they're not here for college basketball. They're here for the pros. I, I feel like it might even improve college basketball. Okay. Okay. Um, fair, fair. But yeah, speaking about, you know, the kids being drafted, it's, it's such common knowledge that the NFL has a problem where one in three players, I'm just pulling this statistic out of the air, but I feel like it could be pretty accurate. (laughs) One out of three players probably should be locked up for something that either the public does know about or doesn't know about. You know, uh, talking about Ray Rice, talking about Tyreek Hill, talking about Greg Hardy. Um, You know, that's even before the people with the weed and weed's legal now. But um, I feel like the NBA, we we don't have that issue. The NBA is really ahead of its time in, in so many. It's really providing a model that the NFL should look at and try to follow almost. Um, and, you know, aside from like KCP and like a couple sprinkled in here and there, it's mostly solid uh, men playing in the NBA. You, you feel like there aren't a whole lot of issues moral-wise, personality-wise, legal-wise, even though there's a lot of drama in the offseason, maybe some divas that are actually playing the game, you feel like a lot of them actually do provide, you know, dare I say, role models for younger kids. Whereas in the NFL, you really got to be careful about which NFL players you look up to, as it were. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know, and, and you know, we, we also know that, you know, NFL is a violent sport, you know. Right, right, right. There is that. It, it attracts violence. So. Right. You know, it's our modern-day gladiators, you know. And, like, yes, I love watching that in a sense. But, like, I played football, you know, my whole life. But I don't want my son playing football. You know, it, it, as, as weird as that sounds, I'd rather have my son go play golf and baseball. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like right. – you stress on your body, you still make the buku bucks, you know, and in basketball as well, you know what I'm saying? You're right. It's ahead of its time. And, and, and I think that this G, G league whole G league model 
you know, they, they, they take it, they take that cue from, you know, a baseball having farm leagues. They take that cue from, you know, um, these, these soccer, these soccer clubs all over the world. They have like, they have, they, they, they recruit and groom kids from the like five, five on up. You know, they have like a well, five to 10 uh, league, the 10 to 15 of, you know, 20 and under league. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like they develop these kids so when they do come to the point where they're going to go on the AC Milan team or they're going to go on to a Tigers team or they're going to go on to a Lakers team is that they understand what they're walking into when they come into the NBA, the MLB, or, you know, soccer, international mm-hmm. soccer around the world. Like like football is just like – it's just like they, 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 they look at these guys like me. You know what I'm saying? If you can't hack it, oh, I don't care if your brain's mushy, goodbye. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I agree with you on that, dude. You know, I'd rather have my kids watch basketball and be more influenced by the role models of basketball because they seem like, like, like you said, they, they're more humble. You know, they're, they're, there's better human beings in the way they think. You know, is it because mm-hmm. they don't take smacks to the head? I don't right. know. You know, but, you know, it, it, it could add to it. But, yeah, dude, I think I, I love watching the draft last night, dude, was so, to me, was I was so emotionally invested watching it, dude, because I love, I love watching young kids, you know, prosper. And you, see, and you can see that they're good kids. You can see that. I can see that this kid, like when Zion was on stage, I'd be like, you, I, this kid is going to be something for the NBA. This kid is a generational player. That's right. He's the first kid to be drafted and uh, that was born, born in 2000. How, you know, like everything is aligning for this kid. and He's he's ushering in the new era. Yes, and I love it. And I, and I for one, love it. And I grew up in the, in the rough and tumble, you know, you know, uh, Bill Ambeer and Mahorn's going to take your head off, you come in the lane, you know, Shaq and, Shaq and Barkley fighting. You know, I still love that NBA, dude. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I still love that physical style of ball. And I don't think it's it, it's really gone away. It's just kind of changed a little bit. But um, not as much as it was. But I think, dude, the NBA is just it's, – it's headed in the right direction. It's got all it's, – it's got one – got hella role models, dude. All the kids are good, dude. But I just want to speak about Detroit's pick. What the F is going on with Detroit's pick? Why I don't understand are they going to get us 18 year old kid who's only playing basketball for six years? I understand the upside, but don't lie to us Pistons fans and tell us that you're trying to win now. Yeah, basically, you basically get a project, right? An un- unpolished at that, far from being done project. Yeah. It's like they can't decide on which way they're going. It's like, are you going to go with the rebuild? Because I'm all for that. Or are you going to try to win now like you did at the end of the season? And again, it comes down to we're the Meyer brand Lakers because what what do the Pistons need above all else? I think it's shooting. They didn't get that at all last night. You know, Jordan Bone, that's a nice pick, but he's not really known as a shooter. Um, maybe they got it today in the uh, undrafted free agency range. We'll talk about that in a second. Like, you know, Sakua Dumbu- Dumbuya, I, great name. But it's like, when is he going to play? And when he does play, what is he going to be? Like, are, it begs the question, like, are any of the current players on the move with what they got? Because they took uh, also a guy from Lithuania, Davi- Davidas Servetis, uh, who's a small forward. 
and then Jordan Bowen, the point guard. So I'm, I'm wondering if one or multiple players are going to be on the move. But it, this draft didn't really do much to help them try to win now. So, yeah, I get, I get the frustration 100%. I can't say I dislike or like the pick. I really don't know much about it. Uh, we got into a little bit of a discussion last night over chat. Like, when you draft players from uh, foreign countries, or even uh, the Baisley kid who, who just went straight to the G League, I feel like you're taking a bigger swing with a potential bigger miss. Because um, there's not as much tape against players that are in the same draft. There's not as much – there's just not as much film. So I get I get more nervous about it. You know, that's how you end up with players – you know, you could end up with Darko or you could stumble into Giannis or Dirk. You know, it's it's difficult to gauge. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think you're right, but I think that uh, the, the NBA without borders and we're seeing what's happening with, you know, the bumping Canadian oh, yeah. players, I think it's it's getting these kids, you know, more in uh, more in the light of these NBA scouts when they're, be, they're being asked, you know, get invitations to these these Nike round ball classics or these, you know, you know, these NBA invitationals, you know what I'm saying? Where they can come to the States and they come, they can showcase themselves, you know, like, um, I, uh, like, like Luca, Luca Samanic, you know, he came, he came to the, to the summer leagues and ripped the summer leagues up and it drove his stock up, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think, you know, the NBA, and with Silver pushing it to be, you know, more international, we're going to see a, a lot more studs come out of, you know, these countries. But, like you said, like, you, you're taking a risk on them. You don't know. But on the upside is the NBA is like a third international players, you know, maybe a little yeah. less than that. So it's like I would take that chance. But I wouldn't take a chance on a kid who just started playing basketball six years ago you know right. what I'm saying? I understand he made. I understand he made the uh, the professionals at age 15. But you know when you're when you when you're playing against a bunch of you know uh, five eight Jacques Cousteaus, you know maybe you <laughs> aren't gonna stand out. You know I don't don't mean to you know. Right, we don't offend anybody, but you know I don't upset anybody. It was the big boys now. Exactly. Like, look at look at who went number one overall. Zion Williamson is a tank who can fly. Yeah. Yeah, you ever, you ever see six eight three hundred move like that? No, not in <laughs> France, brother. You didn't see that in France. I guarantee you that. You know what I'm saying? And and they might have dudes like that. You know, Giannis came out of nowhere. You know, but right, but right. Even, even when Giannis came in the league, came in the league at what eighteen nineteen? Right. Giannis is 24, 25, 24 now. You know, it took him it took us a good four, five, six years to actually be like, oh, wow. Yeah, who Giannis was, they molded him. You know what I'm saying? And like, if that's the case for uh, Dem- I can't even say his name, Dembuku, Dembu, Dembuya, Dembuya, Dembuya. Dembuya. There you go, Dembuya. But like, Dembaget. We're not gonna. Yeah, we're not gonna know Dembaget. Yeah, the first Dembaget. <laughs> but we're not gonna really know nothing until like he's. I, I feel like he's going through. Uh, uh, like you said, a, a Giannis, you know, uh, journey. He's going through a Siakam journey, and and I hope it works out for us. No doubt, you know. But yeah, you know, only time will tell. But I just don't think the 
right now it, it, it's going to plug and play and help us immediately, which makes me lean towards the fact that we are going to ship one of our big three, one of our big three out. I hope it starts with Reggie, you know, but I have a feeling that Blake Griffin's going to want to go, you know. And um, you know what my favorite move was that the Pistons did uh, around draft time. Oh, let me guess. Is it, does it involve the sharpshooter from Lansing? Uh, well, yes, it does. A 6'5", 201-pound shooting guard uh, from Duncanville, Texas, fresh off an appearance in the 2019 Final Four. My boy, big shot, Cueto. <laughs> I was so happy to see him. Like, he does a lot of stuff well, um, but he needs to find a skill that he, he does at an NBA level. Like, you look at Bryn Forbes a couple years ago. Fantastic shooter. Not really great at any other area. But where's the NBA going? It's going to shooting. Brent Forbes went undrafted, signed with San Antonio, spent a year in the G League, played a couple games in San Antonio. He's been a starter for them during playoff runs each of the last two years. Right. And I feel like McQuaid, he does a lot of things on the, on the brink of greatness. He shoots it very well. Sometimes great, but sometimes not great. He can pass pretty well. He has grown into a very, very good defender. But again, on the brink of greatness, he needs to develop one of those things to be great at, and he'll carve out a role in the NBA, hopefully with the Pistons. Because I'll tell you, if, if, if the Pistons are starting their return to glory, it's all, it's all with a big shot Cueto on their side, man. That's my dude, Matt McQuaid. Hey, man, I like, I like the way Matt McQuaid plays defense. I love I love his shot. I think he has an incredible pump fake, and I love his little pump fake sidestep stroke. It's great. One thing that I feel like he really needs to work on is his – or two things, I should say, is better ball handling mm-hmm. and creating his own shot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's not really good at creating his own shot. If he can create his own shot by, by adding, you know, some ball handling in that mix – yeah, man, I can see him. And he's a good sized guard. He's he six, six, six foot six, around that two hundred pound mark. He's not, he's not like the, the, uh, the scrawny kid coming in. So I think he can handle himself, but he needs to work on his ball handling and creating his own shot, creating his own space. Makes I think he's great coming off of picks. I think he's oh, yeah. a great, you know, great off the ball mover. You know what I'm saying? But you know, creating, creating with the ball in your hand. If he could step that up, dude, he'll be even more of a lethal weapon. But um, yeah, I like the pick. I absolutely, I absolutely love the pick. And another another um pick I saw undrafted Taco Falls um yeah. was picked up by the Boston Celtics. I think that was a great pickup by the Boston Celtics. You know, especially seeing that they don't know if Horford's gonna come back. I'm not gonna say Taco's gonna come in and you know shoot like Horford or not. But being a seven foot seven center dude, he, 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 <laughs> they're gonna find something for him to do. You know? That's gonna that's gonna create issues for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, defensively. And you know, I also I like what the Celtics did. I feel like they made they got a lot of insurance for themselves. They drafted Romeo Langford. I feel like that's kind of taking a flyer, could pay off, could be I mean I mean at 14 in the draft, you're right at the end of the lottery. If it doesn't work out, it's not it's not bust level. Uh, but they also got Carson Edwards who can run the point. Yes. You know, I feel like it's a foregone conclusion. Kyrie's not coming back to Boston at this point. And Terry Rozier might, but you know, he's he's uh gonna be a free agent. He's pretty displeased with the way things have been going for him in Boston uh the past year. So I feel like 
they got themselves some insurance drafting, um, you know, some people out of the same rivalry, the same conference, same state, Carson Edwards and Romeo Langford. Right. And then, yeah, Taco Falls, like undrafted free agents are so underrated. You can really do a lot with those if, if you're smart. They could end up paying off more than a, a lottery pick. Oh yeah, most most definitely. And like, like you were saying that um, you know, Kyrie's eventually gone because he ghosted the team, dude. If I'm a team, he ghosts me. You know, f you too, brother. <laughs> I think they need to come to Terry Rozier and say, "Listen, we made a mistake. We should have got we should have gone with you and Marcus, and we should have got another route with the point guard spot." Because yep. I think I, I've lost so much respect, so much respect for Kyrie Irving. He was one of my favorite point guards during the league. I lost so much respect for him. He's becoming a diva. He's becoming that little he, – he's becoming like a mini LeBron, you know, in a way where he can just, you know, turn his nose up to the organization and go this way and do whatever he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? And right. that was everything. And you were so against LeBron where you knew you were in Cleveland. You want to go out and do your own thing. And all of a sudden you want to turn around and tuck tail and run back to daddy. You know what I'm saying? I think that is a bitch move, a bitch, and- bitch move by, uh, by Kyrie Irving. And he wasn't mistreated by the Celtics at all. Like Kawhi, you could really make the case he was mistreated in San Antonio to an extent. Right. Kyrie was handed the point guard job as soon as he was healthy. After uh, the young Celtics got within within one game of going to the NBA Finals. I feel like they handed it to Kyrie. um, Yeah. And also in the draft, I feel like a team that did – really well was the Atlanta Hawks. You know, they last year they got Trey Young and Kevin Herter and they have John Collins. Uh pick number four, DeAndre Hunter, we've talked about him. He kind of has some Kawhi esque. He's a very good defender. Uh coming off a national championship in college. Cam Reddish at number 10 um makes me a bit nervous. That's another one kind of like Romeo Langford that could pay off huge because he's athletic. He's a shooting he's a small forward, but he kind of did struggle with shooting at a lot of points, so we'll see if he's healthy uh, this upcoming season. But that's somebody who could pay off really well for them. And I know they got a couple other people. Bruno Fernando. They Bruno got the- Fernando, yeah. And and, and that's, an, that's another kid I love, dude. You see, when these, emo- these kids so- show their raw emotions, I – Love that, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people are reserved. They don't want to really show who they are. They want to keep this, you know, this bad guy image. Like I'm this tough guy. It's like real men, real men cry too, bro. It's yeah. it's okay. You can get choked up. You can be happy for yourself because you can turn around and help your family out, man. You know how huge yeah. it is for these kids that come out of you know impoverished areas in America, impoverished areas around the world to come and and play their dream and. And and their family not only sacrifice like 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 Zion said, my mom sacrificed for this, you know, and she's gonna, you know, reap the benefits and the fruits of my labor because she helped me up here. And I think all these kids had such strong support systems, and you see that when 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 Zion came out, and you saw that when Bruno Fernando came out, and it's to me, it's just so as an NBA fan, it's so humbling and so real, and. Like Dwayne Wade was saying, like to to Goga when they showed that picture of Goga, and uh, and he's just sitting there, and uh, he's sitting there in the same uh, right next to Zion, and everybody's talking to Zion, and here's Goga at the at the um uh at his uh you know table all by himself, no one's talking to him, and yeah. then you got Dwayne Wade 
and uh, and uh, Day Day put use this as fire, bro. Use this as fire. I feel like the NBA is such a more tight knit of knit of a family than the NFL is. You know what I'm saying? More tight knit of a family than all the our, our sports put together. That's just my opinion because I'm such an NBA fan. But you know, I just I just love the way the NBA is headed, man. I love this draft. I was so invested in this draft. But other than you know, everyone you said, who was to me, to you, team did the best for their draft? Um, well, again, I really like what Atlanta did. Um, really like what Memphis did, getting John Morant and um, the guy from Gonzaga to add. I'm, I'm, I'm all about, like, the young core potential, you know? Yes. So Memphis is, is adding John Morant and Brandon Clark to Jaron Jackson Jr. next year. You know, that's my boy. I had to give him a shout-out. Um, you know, the Hawks, they added Trey Young and Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter was a teammate of Bruno Fernando's, who I really like, and he's from uh, – Fernando, he's from, I think, Angola or Angola. Angola, you're right. Angola, thank you. <laughs> um, but – it. <laughs> well, I got I to gotta get straight on, like, who drafted who because, you know, you have, like – all the trades that aren't official yet. So it's like, you know, the Lakers drafted DeAndre Hunter. Well, no, they didn't. You know, they traded that pick to New Orleans who traded it to Atlanta. Right. So Atlanta, but, um, you know, I like I like what the Cavs did. Uh, John Beeline is going towards positionless basketball, getting Garland early on at number five, and then at number 30 where the Pistons were going to be picking. Uh, but I guess they traded out of that. Got Kevin Porter Jr., who I think is a very good player, a nice addition out of USC. Who I, that's a, that's a player I wish the Pistons would have gotten, Kevin Porter Jr. Right, and 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 I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say I, I I think like you said I think Atlanta did great. I think the Pelicans did great. I think even at, if you look at the Celtics, I think the Celtics even did great. Yeah. The the biggest dislikes I like I dislike what the Pistons did. Okay. Not because it's not intriguing. It's because if we're not in rebuild mode, right, and you're wanting to win now, I think this is the dumbest draft there is. But if they are in rebuild mode and they come out and say we're in rebuild mode, I can say, okay, I can swallow that pill. It's a little easier to swallow. But they're not. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I feel like we're we're still back here scratching our heads and wondering what the Pistons are doing. Are we rebuilding? Or are we going forward? And if we're going forward, you, you've got nobody to help us go forward. So I think, I, in my opinion, I don't like what the Pistons did. I lo- okay. only only if they if they if it's on rebuild mode, I love what they did. Cool, understandable. But if they're not in rebuild mode, like they say they are, whoa, you're going to win today. I think it's just, I think they fell short. I really do. Yeah, Cavs also added a uh, Windler out of Belmont at small forward. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, the, uh, the shooting white kid, the wiry white, yeah. white kid that can shoot. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I don't like, um, it's hard for me to say. Like, I think the Heat were limited with what they could do. I don't, I don't hate the Tyler Hero pick, but it definitely surprised me at that point in the draft. Um, I feel like the Bulls could have gotten a little bit of a better push, but you know, getting Kobe White, he could really develop into something. You know, it's. It's um, it's hard to like look at like what we like and dislike, but obviously when we have such a rooting interest in the Pistons and you know such frustration with them not deciding which way they're gonna go, then yeah, like 
That's, a pick that surprised me was um, the Pelicans taking Jackson Hayes out of Texas at number eight. Because I know Zion's not technically a center, but, you know, he's he's the big guy on the court. And then they drafted Hayes, who plays the five, you know, the center position. So I'm interested to see how that develops, if they really want Hayes as a building block or if they see potential in him to uh, have a couple good years and be good trade bait, you know? Right. So right. I, Go ahead. I was, I was just surprised by that one, probably more than most picks. See, to me, n- not really for me because I I feel like he reminds me of like a Willie Cauley-Stein. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He's he's freakishly strong for how wiry and skinny he looks. You know what right. I'm saying? He's, he's that pogo-stick player where, you know what I'm saying, him and, him and Zion are going to live above the rib. Him and Zion are going to block shots. They both have good timing on their shots. You know, all I've been hearing about Zion was, you know, they're talking about his offensive, offensive game, offensive game, dude. It's like you realize that dude like covered damn near half the court to get a block on. Uh, actually, it was on DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. So it's like it's like he is a freak on both ends of the court. You know what I'm saying? And I think him and Jackson are going to live above the rim and they're going to disrupt a lot of shots. And um, the, they're gonna have fun in in in, uh, in New Orleans, man. I'm 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 excited so, to see yeah. what that brings. So, but yeah, but um, the Kevin Porter Jr. Oh my God, we've been we've been screaming that the Pistons need wing players, wing shooters. We need that. We need that. We can't just be you know this uh, twin towers. You know, it's not David Robinson and Tim Duncan. You know, what I'm saying we need these wing players. We need these guys. And here you got a six 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 seven shooting guard who's a good shooting guard and Kevin Porter Jr. and we pass him up. I just don't I or did we trade away the trade and then we end up getting I don't know you know whoever they ended up getting right. but and like Al- Alexander Walker out of Virginia Tech was available um who again went to the Pelicans. Pelicans right. did great with that. You know, Windler was available, Jordan Poole was available uh which kudos to Jordan Poole taking a flyer on himself, and it, it really paid off being a, a first round pick. Yeah, and I think I think Golden State's pretty much out of all the teams is the most perfect fit for him. I think it fits. I think I think it fits his style of of play. You know, sometimes you know he can yeah. he can move good without the ball. He can move good with the ball, and I think sometimes you know they, Golden State does a mix of that. You know, what I'm saying and if, they pass around, and sometimes they'll, they'll do an ISO if needed. So. And, you know, he had some points last year where I feel like he could have been set straight to, like, unlock his full potential. If that comes up this year, I've, I think there's somebody on Golden State who uh, will be chomping at the bit to set that kid straight. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, out of all the picks, man, who was, like, your personal favorite? Like, you know, a dark horse uh, player that you think is going to just, you know, wow people? Uh, two guys out of Gonzaga. I really like Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark. Uh, in college, it's difficult to win sometimes, like how I was talking about earlier, when your two best players are very similar positions, like power forward and center, or small forward, power forward. But Gonzaga really worked it very well, and um, I really liked both of those players. You know, I, I kind of wanted the Pistons to take Clark at 15, but I didn't want to – a power forward, but then they took a power forward from France anyways. Um, and then Hachimura, you know, first Japanese-born 
player to get drafted in the NBA. It's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy seeing a black black dude talk with uh with a, <laughs> a Japanese accent. <laughs> right. Really, really awkward. But you know what, man? This is a time we're living in, baby. It's a, uh, it's a melting pot. So. You know, it's great. I'm glad he walked on there with his brother and his little uncle. You know, he hugged his little mom. I think that was, I think that was a beautiful moment. Oh, every single moment was beautiful. I love the way they even introduced the kids. Yeah, but that was cool. My two dark horses are that I want to see do really good. As I, I, I mentioned him before. Is Goga Badaski, the dude from uh, Georgia. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He seems like a humble kid. You know, his favorite player is Zaza Pachulia. You know, so I think – I think dudes that come out of, you know, places like that, you know, really kind of, you know, you know, take this all in and, and don't, uh, and do not take this for granted. The other player I like is a Canadian player is you know, out of Florida uh, state. He's um, the Kemi Matumbo's uh, nephew is yeah. Gelly. You know, when that kid goes up there, he's so, so stoic and, and so mature for his age, you know what I'm saying? Plus, he got Matumbo, who's a Hall of Famer. You know, I've been coaching him his whole life, wagging his finger in front of his face. So, those two guys, I think <laughs> they're going to be, they're gonna be solid, solid, solid players in the NBA. And like I said, we could say this until the Facebook only times can tell. So, yeah. And I didn't know that Steve Nash was uh, RJ Barrett's godfather. Really. Yeah, so that was that was something I learned last night. It's that's um, even better, dude. Yeah, RJ Barrett, both, RJ Barrett's father, dude. You see RJ Barrett's father speak. What a what a yeah. well spoken man. You know what a well spoken. You know what a what a what a well spoken son he raised. A good son he raised. It's just I can't say enough about this this draft, dude. This draft to me sticks out in my head probably just as much as. Uh, the LeBron James draft, or just as much as you know, the Dirk Nowitzki year when they they had Dirk, uh, who was all drafted that year. Is it the same year with? I think, I think Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter. You know, those guys. You know, those drafts were great, but this draft, dude, it was just something special. All these young kids, bright young kids who are, you know, to me are good kids. I, you know, they all seem like genuine kids, dude. I'm just, I'm very excited to see where the NBA is going. I think Silver, for the short time he's been commissioner, is doing a hell of a job with the NBA, man. I think so, too. Uh, real quick, before we wrap this one up, are you paying any attention? Are you watching the uh, the College World Series? I haven't, but I've been kind of, uh, you know, like side-eyeing you know, Michigan, because uh, I know they just uh, they just rock yeah. Texas Tech to go to the finals. So, like, I'm not going to be here and be the guy to be like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden, we go post up on <laughs> baseball. I know nothing about baseball to begin with. Yeah. Nothing about Michigan ba- baseball to begin with. I hope they win because, hey, it's, you know, I'm a Michigan guy, but I'm not going to go out there and be like, yeah, you see my boys? You know, like, I couldn't <laughs> name I couldn't name you a player on that team. You know I, what I'm saying? I'm- <laughs> I'm the same way. Like Michigan State soccer, I think went went to the Final Four in the fall, and like I tuned in because it was on ESPN three or something like that. But again, I couldn't I couldn't tell you a single one of those players, and I got pretty bored watching it like halfway through. So I just kind of gave up, and they were getting blown out anyways. But yeah, I just wanted to bring it up, you know, so people people don't people can't say we it doesn't go unnoticed by us. Right, it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed, and I will fist pump like I'm from Jersey Shore if they want, they win, you know, don't get me wrong. But like, 
if they lose, oh, you know, I, I wasn't really like I didn't invest myself no, yeah. into that like I did like I did Michigan basketball this past year. So right. And uh, we've now talked about Michigan college baseball more than we will ever talk about the Tigers on this show. So there's that. Hey, hey dude. <laughs> um, I think I think what we have to look for next, man, and um, we can go forward with this too, is NBA free agency. You know, That's the right. draft's done. Um, you know, the first big free agent was signed in AD, and I think now that with, with with such a great draft, you know, I don't want to go into it again. I've been touting this draft this whole podcast, but with this great draft that came out with these great great young dudes that are coming in, I, I feel like they can do make immediate impacts. There's like 30 free agents out there that can make an impact, dude. You know, yeah. you know, off rip. I mean, I can go through the first 10. Let me go through the first 10 or 15. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie Irving. You got Kemba Walker. Um, you got, oh, God, who am I missing right there? Oh, you got Jimmy Butler. You got D'Angelo Russell. Clay right. Thompson. Chris Middleton. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Yeah. Porzingis. Vujicic. DeMarcus Cousins. And that's only the top 12, dude. Right. And then you got, you can go on Al Horford, Marcus Gasol. Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Julius Randle, dude. Right. Well, we'll have an eventful summer to talk about. Absolutely. I cannot wait for for free agency. Right now, we officially started the free agency tracker on Beauty Radio, and we we knocked off AD, man, and we got like 30 more dudes. And uh, I, I love I love draft time. I love free agency time because it's going to show us what we're going to be looking forward to come the first tip off. Um, for the NBA. And before you know it, college football will be back. We're, we're 10 weeks away from uh, Michigan State's first game right now. So, uh, you know, I'm always counting down to that. <laughs> yes. And for me, it's either um, um, I, I'm, I'm apologizing to Harbaugh or I'm telling him to get the fuck out again. But um, I hope I'm apologizing to him. And um, I just, I just, I just want, I just want us to beat Ohio State, man. You know, uh, I, I haven't seen us beat Ohio State in a in a in a hot minute. I think the last time we beat Ohio State was uh uh Brady it wasn't Brady Hoke was our coach and it was yeah. uh place was our was our uh, uh quarterback, you know. Denard, Denard Robinson. Uh, brought him up twice today. Oh, and, and that'll probably be the most times we bring him up in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan baseball, but hey, hey, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So uh, you got you guys got all that to look forward to and more on this summer of the Beards for Radio. Yes. Hashtag Beardman gets paid. Beardman gets paid, baby. All right, man. Good sesh. Good. Uh, from everybody here, I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. This is Beards for Radio. Bucket. <laughs> Bucket layup. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Far Bar Fashion, Clothing, and Designs. New t-shirts have just hit the website, far-ebar.com, and I know there's a special sale coming soon for anybody who's interested, so make sure you check it out, far-ebar.com. If you want to support small and local businesses, this is about as small as it gets because it's just one person. Again, that's far-ebar.com.